Welcome to Learnings from the Middle, a podcast where product owner and a software engineer, longtime friends, occasional coworkers, and occasional Halo opponents delve into their careers and experiences in the tech industry. All opinions are our own and not our employers or anyone else's. And I'm one half of the podcast, the engineer half of the podcast. My name is Brian. I've been an engineer for roughly a decade. John, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, my name is John Christensen. I am the product side of this conversation, currently in a product owner, product management role, um, and been in and around product for three, four years, but been in software delivery for over a decade now. And tonight we want to talk about what is your elevator pitch for your mm. job? And uh, that's that's the entire topic or the entire introduction <laughs> to the topic. I don't think we need any caveats this time, do we? No, I don't. I don't think so. Because I mean, the whole point of it is like, what in the world do you say when someone says, and what do you do for a living? Yeah. Um, and like, what does that mean? And like, you almost have to caveat that when you're saying it or make it really, <laughs> really simple. I think you and I both have interesting jobs. It's just like, if you're in the industry, in the last five years, most people know what product does and most people know what engineer does. Now, are you a staff engineer? Are you a product manager? Are you a director of product? Like there's there's different things like that, but like what product and what engineering does is pretty straightforward. But as soon as you get outside of our field, like it's very hard to distinguish. And even within our field, it can mean a wide range of things. Like so it's yep. it's the elevator pitch idea is just like I immediately want to give a long explanation. Like we're starting this podcast and I'm already rambling for 30 seconds because I hate answering the question, what do you do for a living? And how do you try to succinctly say that? So it's a good topic, but I'm yep. going to make you go first tonight. Okay. So, and I, your intro makes me think that I'll probably wind up just venting a lot on this podcast. <laughs> so I have, and we, we talked about it a little bit in the prep. I have several levels of introduction mm -hmm. to what I do. And the first one uh, I play with three words. So it's one sentence. I am a, and then I either say software engineer, engineer, or programmer. And I, I, I really rotate between those three because I get a bad reaction no matter which word I use. So when I say I am a software, I usually lose people. <laughs> I can tell oh, they're, man. they're kind of glazing over. And if I say I'm a programmer, people sometimes it kind of cock their heads like what exactly does that mean but if i say i'm an engineer that's usually generic enough that people are happy to accept it and move on without asking mechanical software, software industrial what engineering are you doing yeah why do engineers why do software engineers hate the word developer uh because of the three question. you listed, yeah. you didn't listen developer. And I never I, say I'm a I developer. Feel like nobody, nobody does anymore. It's like yeah. it's taboo to say developer, but like I still need a dev resource or I still need development <sighs> or I still need like but it's just like I have to I've had to change and make sure I say engineer. I've said developer and I've had people like glare at me for saying developer. Yeah. So anyways, another side tangent, but I just thought <laughs> it was curious that engineer, software yep. engineer, or programmer. Programmer. Not yep. not developer. Okay. Not developer. Okay. And I, I might say a software development engineer if I'm really Ooh, getting very fancy. specific about what I really do. But I would never say okay. developer just on its own. I don't know why. Um, so that's my that's like the shortest version of what I do for a living is I am a and then I try to keep it to one to two words. <laughs> like it. usually usually in one to two words, I've lost the audience already. See, I think I, I had the same thing. So I think maybe if we do this by levels, like I can start at my simple level. Mm -hmm. The problem with product owner is there's so many different hats that we wear that I feel like no matter what I say short, 
I'm leaving a major function out of my job. So I feel like there's no way to do my elevator pitch and actually give credit to what I do. <laughs> so <laughs> what I usually end up saying, uh, if it's if it's that quick scenario, I, I'll say, and I, and I know it's just like a time killer, like how's the weather today type thing is I manage software projects. Um, and that's really kind of how I, like that's the very base of what I do. Now, if you ask me if that's what a product owner is in detail and we can talk about it way more than that, like yeah. I would say that's maybe 20 to 30% of her job, but explaining that I gather stakeholder and user input to find, to find features and then prioritize what features that we will then go build on a roadmap or whatever variation of that you want to put, like to get into the long version, like there's no way to say that in a short version. If I say I'm a product owner, nobody knows what it is. Or if I say I'm a product manager, really? nobody knows what it is. Outside yeah, of our industry, so, no. Okay, so outside the industry, fair. And I'm, I don't want to disparage anybody who de- like spends their time getting good and learning at things that aren't exactly what you and I do. But product owner feels very self-defining to me. Like you own products. Is, yeah, or... but then are you an entrepreneur? Like, oh, are you okay, are you building okay, stuff? Okay. You're manufacturing? Like, it's just like I, I want to get the software in there somehow. And managing software and software projects is a lot easier to understand than what yep. everything else a product owner does. So I spend a good chunk of my day grooming a backlog, defining, you know, project definition, making sure it's moving along, making sure that it's getting out by specific deadlines or green sprints. Like a big part of my job is delivery. And that's also where I started my career was in delivery. So I still kind of self-identify with, I mean, in software projects, Got but it. the product owner, if we say, what is product? Like, I think most product people on this podcast would cringe that I'm leaving out everything about like, you know the what defining the what we're trying to build and let the engineers do the how and all those conversations i'm cringing for you at how much you're underselling what you do so that was actually another question i wanted to ask do you get people assuming that you do a more common version of what it sounds like you would do so probably product owner and then people ask are you in manufacturing or are you in you know are you an entrepreneur do you get that consistently? A little bit. Yeah. If I say product, if I say product owner, people will just usually give me the blank stale. You're like, what, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? What are you saying? Like, it's just, they don't register. And I'll give an example. Like I, I got, I got a new gym membership the other day. My, uh, my brother-in-law got me into uh, bouldering, climbing. It was a lot of fun. It was a super cheap membership to get for like a year. Uh, so I got it and I want to start doing that two, three times a week. Fun side tangent, but the guy sitting there as he's filling out my uh, my application and getting it all on the computer. His computer's running slow, awkward silences. What do you do for a living? Straight up uh, said, I'm a product owner, got the blank stare, went to I manage software projects. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, outside, if, you, if you're not in the tech industry, it doesn't mean anything to you. Okay. So, so I, I get something similar, but the thing, the programmery thing that most people know most of the time that they're frustrated about is their printer. So if I'm not careful and I set myself up wrong for what kind of an engineer I am, I get asked questions about how to fix printers. Like I have no idea. Mine's broken too. <laughs> they're or terrible. computers or like, yeah, hey, why do I have yep, to restart yep. my computer every day? Right. Or, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Like IT tech support. <laughs> yep. Okay, so we've got the next level. You, you get somebody who's a little bit more mm-hmm. interested or they've got some kind of a connection. And to be honest, this is actually... I think the most fun for me because mm-hmm. it's somebody who is 
curious or interested in something that they may not be familiar with, or they've got some kind of a connection to the engineering world. And then you can talk about what languages you write, um, you know, your what you enjoy about your job, what you don't, what you do day in and day out, kind of what you're writing software for <laughs> and about. And that's a really fun connection. So there I start talking about um, a little bit more about the tech stack I'm in or the languages that I'm using or the product domain that I'm focused on. So right now I tell people that I work on improving Bluetooth on Android and optimizing for making devices talk to each other. And that's kind of the the extra two or three sentences that'll go to if if people have more interest. Yeah. And that's not like, I didn't think about it that way. Like, huh, you actually go to kind of describing the projects that you're currently working on. That helps give a lot of context to what you do. That makes a lot of sense. That's, that's kind of a, like a little bit of a light bulb moment for me because it's funny because when I describe, I see myself as a product owner, product manager. I don't, it sounds weird, but I don't see myself as a travel product manager. I don't see myself as a healthcare product manager. I don't see myself as a financial services product manager. I've done all those roles, um, but I still think I largely see myself as the role and not necessarily as the current domain that I'm applying it to. So most of the time when I'm describing what I'm working on, it's it's more from a definition of the roles and responsibilities than it is a definition of I'm currently I'm I'm working on travel products and defining travel products like in my current job, you know. Yep. But now that you say that, that actually makes a lot of sense. And I think it helps give context to the role. So I'm gonna yeah. steal that. I might for that tier two explanation, I might start <laughs> saying, um, I, you know, I help uh prioritize software projects in the travel space or something like that. I don't know. I might try to add in kind of the travel domain, the online travel domain space a little bit. What I found is it gives people something they they connect to and they can yeah, recognize a little bit a faster. Yeah. And it's it's actually a tip from my wife who works in retail. Mm -hmm. And years ago, I went to a sales training with her and it was um, like a mix of like self-help and sales type stuff or, you know, like personal improvement. And one of the exercises was sell something to just somebody you know, and they talked a lot about use something attention getting in the first one sentence or, you know, first half of your sentence and talking about the literal thing that I work on. So warehouse software, um, medical record software, those kinds of things get your attention a little bit better than just saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a generic software engineer and I write Java and I do concurrency, you know, those things that are going to lose people a little bit faster. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think I'm going to incorporate that because right now, again, I, I've moved more into, um, you know, the I try to add into what the product owners do. So instead of just saying I'm in software engineers, I might say um, I help determine what kind of features um, a website or a software company are going to build next or what kind of um, functionality they're going to build out for the users. Again, I go back into like a role definition yep. piece yeah. less than um, I work for a online travel company. Um, and I helped work on uh, the new features that they're adding to their website, you know, or something yep. of that nature. And I can definitely see how the second one already starts putting me in a more English definition of, of what I do. Yep. Uh, so, and so. that's funny because that's my tier three, where okay. if somebody is really, uh, really curious, or I find out that they're also a software engineer, then I'll start talking more about the role that I play on the team uh, how mm -hmm. senior I am in relation to my coworkers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how long I've been working on the thing that I'm doing versus how much I'm learning first. And I start going into a lot more 
detail and kind of abstract ideas about what I'm, what I do for a living and why. Um, and that's, those conversations can be fun, but they can also spiral way out of control where, um, and not in a bad way, but you know, when you're, when you meet somebody and you're both software engineers, but you work in completely different domains, and then you're trying to find common ground between each other by kind of weaving your way through these topics of things that you've touched. So those can either be super fun or really frustrating on both ends. If you realize that even though you have the same job title, you have nothing in common. Yes. <laughs> your day -to -day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like that usually gets to the conversation level. And then I actually, I enjoyed this part more, like more than the elevator pitch, more than the paragraph explanation. I love talking about what I do because I really love the product role. Um, and again, I go back to role. Um, but even just talking about, you know, how do, if I'm talking to another product person, you know, kind of, uh, discussing like how they balance, you know, I'm saying, you know, a lot tonight, how they balance, what they're doing from a user facing perspective versus how much they're managing the scrum teams, uh, how much are they setting priority versus how much are they getting requirements from stakeholders, like having those type of conversations where you're really drilling into what is your role. I love that. And if it's something completely new, just explaining to them the whole world of there are people out there that are trying to determine what are the next best things to be building and how to build those and gathering feedback and defining and building and testing it. Like that whole life cycle of, of developing a product and owning a product, like that's exciting to me. So if you actually get past elevator pitch and you get to like, man, we're both at the same party. We're not going anywhere for two hours. Like, let's talk about this for 15 minutes. Let me learn about you. Let you learn about me. Like that's, that's where I'm going to have fun talking about what I do. Yep. Makes sense. So uh, so the next thing I want to prompt for where we may need to caveat is okay, okay. The, the worst experience you've had telling someone what you do for a living. And I have two off the top of my head, <laughs> so I can go first if you want me to. Oh man, go for it. I don't think I have any that come to mind, but maybe they will if you talk about it, if you kind of give me some examples. Okay. So I'll, I'll do two examples and here come the caveats. Uh, I actually, I enjoyed the conversations with both people. They were fun, friendly, very nice people. And neither conversation just went the way that I expected to when it started. So the first one was in uh, college where I was running a recruiting booth for a college at a, at a like an undergrad fair. Mm -hmm. And I was next to the U.S. Army guy. And so we had a table next to each other. Uh, for whatever reason, no students were in our corner. So we were both just bored out of our minds. And we just started chatting. And he asked what he, I was asking him about what he did in the military uh, he was asking me about what I was going to college for, and I told him computer science, and his eyes lit up, and he was excited, and he asked what languages I write, and I said Java, and I thought we were about to have a connection on learning Java and writing writing Java code and whatnot, and then what it turned out was his experience with Java was that apparently somewhere in the military, they use a Java program to print stuff for like mission reports or something. And his Java version was out of date. So he had been frustrated by this for, I guess, weeks and hadn't been able to get IT to help him. So he had a very long story about how mad and how much he hated Java and how hard it was for him to get it, like, ratcheted out of his computer to put a new version on so that he could print this thing that he had to turn into his commanding officer. And in, in retrospect, it's hilarious that that was what we bonded on. And he hated what I did so much. But uh, it was a it was and a it wasn't even what you did. 
There's a Java application. It wasn't even like what writing Java or coding in Java. It was just an update to the Java. Written in Java. Yeah. I was like, I am so sorry that you had such a terrible time. Um, again, very it's like super nice guy. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it, um, but it did not go at all the way that I expected. And then the other experience that I had was at a uh, a a fair in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, so if anybody doesn't know where we live, it's a city of a couple hundred thousand. Not a huge place, you know, not small, but not giant either. And my wife and I were walking around um, like a fair type thing. And my wife ran into an old friend and her husband and I were standing there uh, and struck up a conversation, asked each other what we did, found out we were both software engineers. And he made a comment about a somewhat obscure language that I won't name for the risk of people getting mad at us on the podcast. And I kind Start of laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> it, actually, it actually wasn't, it wasn't the oh, one that okay, you're thinking okay, of. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> it was Keep even going. more obscure. Uh, <laughs> And so he made a comment about it, and I made like a lighthearted dig at it, like, oh, nobody likes that language. To, it came to find out that he was one of the major open source contributors to this language runtime environment. Oh, no. And um, I felt like I felt bad right off the bat. And he, he took it well in like a friendly, lighthearted sense, but also then immediately felt the need to espouse all of the reasons why this obscure language was fundamentally better than any other language you could choose to write in. Oh, no. So it was. You- you usually probably... don't step into stuff. You're usually pretty cautious, <laughs> very like, I don't want to step on toes if I don't need to. The fact that you ran headlong into that, that's that's one in yep. a million for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have since learned my lesson even oh, more and again. Because uh, it was a it was a very long conversation about how this this language was so much better. Um and you know, I'll be honest, I and still at that haven't point, learned you how to use with it. Them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that, you, you were like trying to clearly, like, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I've offended you better. once. That's uh-huh. good enough for better. me. <laughs> Immutability. Yes, that's a key thing. Oh, Those are my two. Too funny. Uh, for me, I think it comes down to. It's hard to think of specific examples. Um, maybe my father-in-law, who I get a ton of career advice from, so I even almost feel bad saying this. Um, awesome guy, CEO of a small, not even a small, a, decent, a good sized telecommunication company, a regional telecommunication company. Does he um, listen to this podcast? No, he does not. Okay. He might someday. <laughs> and he'll, he'll laugh at this for me. Um, but a lot of times when we talk about like future career options or different things, a lot of the things that he thinks about what I do, and he was even kind of close enough to the industry, very much go back to more project management. So almost everything is just straight up like, okay, you've done project management stuff and there's project management stuff involved in being a product owner. And I was a project manager super early in my career. Um, But a lot of the thoughts then go to, oh man, you know, you should go be a project manager for this. You should go be a project manager here or like, you know, project manager positions. And I just, that is very much an oversimplification of the product role and product has distinct things different than what you would need a project manager for. And those are the pieces that I have found and come to love um, as part of being a product in the product space. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I have a ton of respect for project management. I still rely even in, believe it or not, even within Scrum world, there are times when I want a project manager um, that has the milestones, that has the dates, that's following up with everybody. Maybe you make that your Scrum master or you have other people to help you with that. But there are still times on a complex in the projects. I want a project manager to help with that. And they're probably mad thinking I'm oversimplifying what a project manager does. But for me, I think when I'm trying to describe what product does, people go, oh, 
you should be project management or you should be a business analyst or you should do these other things that they are more familiar with. And it's just like, no, that doesn't quite encompass what I'm doing as a product manager and what I enjoy. So I think that's the hardest part for me is when it's, it gets attributed, my role gets attributed to something that people are more familiar with. And then you feel like you're kind of losing like the heart and soul of this position that I've come Mm -hmm. to love and enjoy. So which really is the determining and figuring out what are we going to go build and, and how are we going to build it? Like that's the part of my job I love. And then that's not me sitting in a corner defining what we're going to build or determining what we build, but talking with customers, seeing what competitors are doing, seeing what, how other people have solved it, working with a designer, working with an engineer and taking all those different places to say, there's a problem here we're trying to solve. How are we going to solve it from technical, from marketing, from user, from all perspectives? And I have just fallen in love that the product owner brings all those pieces together. Product management brings all those pieces together. So my greatest frustration is trying to figure out how to succinctly say that and not have it then get, oh, you're just a project manager, yeah. project, yep. project manager. So how hard do you try before you just kind of let it slide and you're like, ah, <laughs> It's actually why I was hesitant to do this podcast, like why we're talking on this podcast is because I feel like it's for me, it's just something that I haven't put enough thought into. I think Mm -hmm. if I sat down and I'm like, okay, how would I want to go about describing what I do? I could probably come up with very much more eloquent ways of saying what I do or finding like, here's my, here's my run through of how I describe Mm -hmm. what I do. I just haven't put the time in. So I feel like every time I get the question, I'm fumbling through it. And so it's probably something that it's good. We're having this podcast. It's something that I feel like I should be thought I should maybe take half a day, sometime, two hours sometime, and just write out what I think I do. <laughs> See how it lines up. It's probably worth talking to other people about in my space. Like, how do you describe what you're doing? Like, I think it, it goes a long ways for how you present yourself. And I think there's a part of me that knows I don't adequately represent what I do. And I should put some more time in to thinking about what is my elevator pitch. Like, Example, go back and listen to the first, how many episodes have we done now? Eight episodes, six episodes, Mm -hmm. seven episodes. I probably have done my portion of the product side versus engineering side introduction different every single time we've opened up this podcast because (laughs) I don't know how to say what I do as a product owner, even though most people in our, that probably listen to this podcast would be more familiar with what the product space does. So I just think it's something that I haven't put enough time into that I think would be worth putting more time into. So maybe that's the takeaway from the podcast for folks is like, I do think it, you represent yourself well if you can articulate what you do in a succinct fashion. Yep. So. Um, so I will occasionally try hard if I can tell mm-hmm. that people are interested in going. And if I can tell that they're not, I have two throwaway jokes. Okay, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> so I tell people I'm a software engineer. And when I get one raised eyebrow, I say, uh, max. I guess it's one throwaway joke that, or two that gets run into one. I say, maximum nerd level. I left my pocket protector at home, and that's a way to try and lighten the humor and say it doesn't matter if you're not interested in what I do. <laughs> we can move on. Yep. What's yep. the other one? That's one. That's it's two. So maximum oh, nerd maxim- level, and then I forgot my pocket protector at home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. I, that surprises me. I feel like I don't know. Again, maybe we're just too close to this industry, but like. Being a software engineer is a big deal. Like to me, like I know what goes into that, or at least I'm rounded enough. Like I know the smart people I work with. I know the career path that's there for people that are both good at engineering and have some, at least a level of problem solving and social Mm -hmm. skills. Like I have a ton of respect for like someone that says, yeah, I'm a software engineer. So the, just, I kind of think it surprises me that you'd have people that just go, what is that? Or like, like to me, it's like, 
cha-ching, that's a good career path that gives you fulfillment, pays you well, and you work decent hours. Like it's a, yep. it's a good thing. So, and it, it kind of depends on the venue. So if you're at yeah. a professional networking event, mm-hmm. then more people have some kind of exposure. Um, if you're at a, a kid's birthday party, yeah. then you know, it's hit and miss. Like, you know, people just may not be in that space. And then the other thing that I was trying to find a way to slip in or talk about too is the other the other thing that kills me when my introduce or I describe my career is that I'm always doing it in conjunction with my wife, who does extremely very difficult, like things that have their own stress level, but are far more relatable than what I do. So she yes. so I say I'm a software engineer and people are kind of confused. And then they ask her and she says either a preschool teacher, which she did for several years, and people always love their preschool teacher. Oh, yeah. Or she talks about managing a clothing store. And that's also like people, everybody knows what Retail. clothing is. Everybody yeah, knows what I... stores are. Yep. Yep. And so just like putting those side by side. That contrast. That you can't win. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. She that is way sense. easier to talk to about her job <laughs> than I can ever be about mine. I love it. So I what's your it. best experience uh, telling somebody what you do? I have two again, <laughs> if you want to hear two. Uh, yeah. Again, I think you had the better specific examples. You go first again tonight. So the I think the favorite one that I can remember was a, a gentleman who was a loose family friend. We knew him. He knew my parents. Um, didn't know him very well. He was older. His wife had passed away. He was dating again in kind of later on in life. And he and his girlfriend came to an event. And she was from out of town. She didn't really know anybody. But for whatever reason, we were in the same circle of people and started talking about our jobs. And so she's this super nice lady. And I think her, I won't even guess her age, (laughs) but older, older than I was. And I thought we would have nothing in common. And then she asked what I did. And I said, I'm a programmer. And she asked what languages. And I thought that's an an interesting question Mm -hmm. for somebody who doesn't on the outside appear to have much connection to the tech industry. And I told her the languages that I was working in at the time. And she deduced the category of thing that I was doing and had some guesses about the industry and the domain and was very curious about how I was applying those things. And it turned out she was a very senior IT project manager at a place and had never written a line of code in her life, but was Mm -hmm. brilliant in her own domain. And we really connected on her uh, ability to, to deduce things and figure things out about what I was doing and why from just the languages that I was writing in. And it was fun because it gave her a chance to be an expert and to be interesting and dynamic in a situation where she didn't know anyone else or know too many people. And it was just a a terrific icebreaker that I never saw coming. So that's one of my, I think one of my favorite memories for uh, telling somebody what I do for a living. I think the best one that I have, and I have a couple examples, similar examples, but the specific one is I was talking with a business owner that I'm pretty good friends with, older older gentleman. And by older, I mean like probably late 50s, early 60s, so not old. <laughs> We're going to start putting those in categories, but <laughs> he, had been, he had owned his company for a long time, so a senior business owner, um, and started describing what I do. 
And he said, well, it's kind of like a mini CEO. And in the product world, a lot of times we describe ourselves as mini CEO. So just for to talk with someone in a completely different industry, not in software, and have them to go, man, what you're describing is a lot of what we do as a business owner or kind of like the exercises that we go through in determining how we run our business. Like that's always a fun experience for me because I'm going exactly like that. There's there's an entrepreneurial piece um, to product uh, ownership and product management that I think is just runs through the veins and the heart of what it is to be in product. And so when I'm talking with other business owners or senior business people outside the industry who may not know how it works within a software company, and I can start relating to them and the kind of the the practices we go through, the considerations we make, the prioritization decisions that we have to go do, the return on investment calculations that we're making. I mean, you start having those type of conversations and someone can relate to you. You're just like, yes, a kindred spirit. So I think sometimes for me, again, I can think of that one specific example that's happened two or three times with other business owners, where it's just, I can relate more sometimes to um, that entrepreneurial kind of geared person more than I can even an engineer in the software world or a project mm-hmm. manager or something of that nature. So, so those are That's fun. Awesome. I feel yeah. like they feed the conversation a lot. So, yeah. Uh, do you, so do they, how often do they peg the similarities between what the two of you do? Um, if it, again, this is definitely a tier three conversation. It's okay. not the elevator pitch. <laughs> it's not the paragraph. It's the, yeah. Um, or it's at least maybe the, 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 the paragraph that leads into a fuller conversation of, Hey, I work with users and try to determine what kind of things we're going to build next. Um, that's sometimes you can just see if an entrepreneur is always curious about solving problems and filling gaps, um, and generating a revenue off of that, or figuring out a way to turn that into a business to put it more, uh, put it a different way. So a lot of times when someone hears that, like you're, you're trying to figure out, what to build um for some people that's definitely a hook that can start a conversation of okay well you know what kind of things do you build or how are you determining what are you building or mm-hmm. like it's just there's there's definitely a hook to that phrase if, if you start talking about trying to decide what we're gonna what what a company is building yeah so, so those are the fun conversations for me it's just someone's like oh it's like we obviously <laughs> get are it geek, we're, we're geeky about the same things like yep. you know it's fun so <laughs> yeah so my my second example uh, was a friend that I had known for several years, and we had never really talked about our jobs at all. And then I ran into him in a coffee shop that he was managing at the time, and we were chatting for a few minutes, and I said, all right, I'm going to head back to work. And he said, by the way, can I ask you what you do? And I said, sure. And so I told him I was a software engineer, and we kind of talked about the details of what that meant. So it was definitely a a tier two leading into a tier three. And Mm. it turned out that he was trying to make a job change or a career change and was uh, like applying to coding boot camps, interested in doing software engineering full time. And so we had uh, like a five minute conversation there because I had a meeting I had to run to. And then later that week, we grabbed lunch and it was like a long, like hour and a half conversation about the industry and my experience and what I liked and what I didn't. And now he is a happy front end developer and has been for several years. And it's it's those it was fun because um, he was obviously already thinking about getting into software engineering when we had that conversation. But I think it nudged him along the way to say people can do this and be happy and enjoy their jobs and still be social and all those things. Is that who I think it is? I don't know right if it is. Person. Okay, okay. I don't then. think you know this individual. Our lines cross sometimes. Yeah, it's, fine. it's they, funny. They I cross think more I need... than they don't. So that'd be yeah. I need to send yeah. another one your way. My uh, my brother in law, he's halfway through his coding boot camp, um, and I think trying to think of like 
what it'll look like to be, go be a junior engineer somewhere or yeah. uh, something of that nature. Yeah, so. send them my way. Happy to chat. <laughs> <laughs> the elevator pitch works sometimes. Yeah, it certainly can. Any closing thoughts on this one? No, like I said, I think it's something that I'm glad we spent 30 minutes talking about because it's something that I want to spend two hours thinking about, four hours thinking about. Um, but I really liked your thought about trying to actually tie it to the domain you're working in because I do think it brings it down to earth to where even though maybe from my mindset, my profession is in the product space and I can apply that a lot of ways where I'm currently applying that gives that life that, you know, maybe relates to more people. So mm -hmm. that's my biggest takeaway. Um, and just that I want to put more time into polishing it up because I do feel like I get to ask more and more and I want to have a better response to it. Mm -hmm. So, but no, yeah. that's all I got from today. Yeah. I, I like the idea of writing it down. Um, always, both, always. Yeah. And I, I had never considered it before, but I think it would actually be helpful because I, I debate the words and I'm always doing it on the fly where I swap mm -hmm. engineer for software engineer for programmer. And I think just having it written down might let it roll off the tongue and be a little bit of a less, a little bit less of an awkward stutter at the start of a conversation yeah. with somebody you're meeting. Even if it's not like you're quoting it verbatim, having written, written, wrote it down, you know the different places your mind wants to go, and you can kind of at least build barriers that you want to try to keep it on. So, like even when I teach a lesson or anything like that, my lessons are already manuscript, always manuscripted. Mm. Very rarely am I reading my manuscript. My manuscript that becomes more of an outline. But having sat down at least once and written it front to back drastically helps presentation. So I know for a fact that if I did that for my elevator pitch, it could, it would, it would make a big difference. Sounds good. We'll have to do a future, uh, reflection of a podcast where we read them. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We should bring this back in two, three months. Sounds good. This has been learnings from the middle. Thanks for listening. <laughs>